0: Welcome to The Parental Compass, presented by Family Education and Support Services. I am your host, Bobby Williams. If you like what you hear, tell a friend about it. Subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. We're on all the big ones. We're out here. Sleep. We all know it's important, but we don't always know a lot about it. What's really happening while you sleep? How can you help a child to fall asleep easier? Are our brains actually going to different dimensions while we dream? We didn't quite cover all that, but we did talk about dreams. Our guest today is Emily McMason. Emily is a parenting and sleep coach. She has a master's degree from a little school called Harvard among several other degrees. She really knows what she's talking about. Let's check out this conversation.
1: So quality of sleep is when we're trying to get So, we there are four stages in every sleep cycle that we have. And each sleep cycle is about 90 to 120 minutes, depends on the person. And you wanna to string together a number of those sleep cycles throughout the whole night. If our sleep gets interrupted partway through the night, it usually will interrupt us, you know, between stages one and two or between stages two and three or three and four, that affects our quality of sleep because we're getting woken up. And when we try to fall back to sleep, we have to start the process over again.
0: Oh, I was between three and four. I was almost there. Could you briefly explain what are these different stages of sleep? Like what do they do?
1: So there are four stages and each stage has its own unique job. And so stage one is sort of that twitchy phase when you're you know, first falling asleep. Normally it takes anywhere from one to 10 minutes um, on average. Although we know that when we're stressed, it takes us a lot longer to fall asleep. Stage two is when we descend into deep sleep. So our breathing regulates, our temperature drops, our heart rate goes down. We're really getting into that good sleep segment um then there's stage 3 and stage 3 is growth and repair um and so this is when your immune system is doing its work um for kids this is when their growing is happening um this is stage 3 is when our body is completely relaxed our muscles are just totally relaxed our tongue actually swells to about twice its normal size because it's actually relaxed in our sleep uh-huh. um If you grind your teeth at night, you do that during stage three of sleep because your jaw is trying to activate to get your tongue to take up less space so you can breathe better. Mm -hmm. Um, And probably the most famous stage of sleep is stage four, which is our REM sleep when we're dreaming. Mm.
0: Why does your body do that little like twitchy thing? What's that all about?
1: So part of it is as it's descending into sleep, the muscles need to be doing different things. Um, we're, we're towards stage three where we're going to totally relax. And so sometimes it's just that, that energy, um, is getting released along the way as we're changing our state of consciousness from awake to asleep.
0: Sometimes I'll just like wake up and I'm just like instantly anxious. Like I'll wake up at like four in the morning and um, is there some connection between being anxious and four in the morning?
1: It's a gr- Yes. So great question. You ask really good questions, by the Thank way. <laughs> um, yes. Serotonin, which is sort of considered our happiness hormone, um, has its dip in those early morning hours, how much we have it in our body in a 24-hour time period. That's when it hits its lowest. So we're sort of the least content at that time in the morning. Um, the other piece is if we have stress from the day before, our cortisol uh, load, our our the cortisol hormone will be very high in our bodies, um, and that's kind of what's waking us up one sleep cycle too soon. Um, and so when we wake up, it's you know we're waking up because we've got too much stress in our bodies.
0: Mm. Well, let's let's take it back to talking about the children. So. One struggle a lot of parents have to deal with is getting their child to go to bed when it's time to go to bed. And sometimes they'll be, well, I guess first question is, are there any best practices for how to get them to go to bed?
1: Yeah, (laughs) yes. You want a bedtime routine to be fairly straightforward. You want it to be consistent from night to night to night. Um, you don't want it to take too much time. If there are too many elements in it, it's it's sort of like running. If if you know you have to run two or three errands on the weekend, you're like, fine, I can do this. If you have to run seven or eight errands, it's not that the individual thing is bugs you, but it's the collection of them that feels like it's too much. Same thing like, with kids. They bath,
0: do this, do that. Yeah,
1: exactly. And bath is a great example. We as adults think of baths as these like, relaxing times. We might light candles. We might have bubbles. You know, we think of it as this, a treat, um, for kids putting a lot of kids, putting them in the bathtub is kind of like taking them to great wolf lodge. It's way overstimulating and they amp way up right when we're trying to calm them back down for the night.
0: Mm, So baths are better in the morning then.
1: Yeah. Or just any other time of day. Absolutely. (laughs) Sometimes they're really great in that witching hour kind of you know before dinner time or right after dinner when you know you've got another hour or two before bedtime. Hmm.
0: A lot of times kids will say I'm not tired. And how can you tell okay they're just saying that because they don't want to go to sleep versus maybe they have a real sleeping problem and they legit aren't tired.
1: It's a it's it's an interesting question. They um there are a couple of pieces to it. One is looking at are they getting enough sleep in a 24-hour period? Um you know there's there was a great sleep study that looked at like over 300 sleep studies and brought all that sleep data together. And so we know pretty well, you know, how much how many hours in a 24-hour period each age group should be getting. Um and so then if your kiddo is, you know, saying, I don't, I'm not tired. It's looking at like, well, are you getting enough sleep? Because if you're not getting enough sleep, the body will keep itself awake. It'll jack us up to keep us awake longer. Um, and so it'll feel like I'm not tired. We've all got that second wind before that's what's happening, that your body is coasting down. You'll see a kiddo kind of interact more quietly, kind of mellowing out. And then all of a sudden they'll amp back up again. It's that down spot, that quiet spot is when their head wants to be hitting the pillow.
0: It's Um, such a delicate thing of like, you have to get it at this time. It has to be this many hours. I've heard if you oversleep, that's bad. Is that really true?
1: Um, You know, it's not something that we, yeah, it can be. Yes. Especially somebody who um, has depression, that can be absolutely one of the pieces for it. But in terms of looking at whether or not they're getting enough sleep um, for the mass vast majority of us, it isn't too much sleep. It's not enough sleep. Uh, That's really the culprit.
0: Okay. So it's all right to sleep in. Yeah. You want to
1: be a little careful with sleeping in, you know, some of us, you know, Friday night, stay up late and sleep in Saturday, Saturday night, stay up late late and sleep in Sunday. Um, But that's essentially like, yeah, getting on an airplane and flying to New York and back just over a weekend. So we're giving ourselves jet lag when we do that. So we once in a while, totally fun, absolutely. But generally, we want to be a little careful about it um, and check in with ourselves if we're wearing ourselves out by doing that.
0: Mm, That's interesting, because as an adult, you think, well, that's my free time. I got to get it in. I got to have this fun, but then Mondays are always miserable for it.
1: They are. And you know, uh, the Monday after spring forward. So we have one hour of sleep that weekend, right? When, when our clocks change, um, the fatalities on us roadways actually goes up by 17% on that Monday. That, Just that one hour of lost sleep impacts our abilities that drastically.
0: Constant for parents is newborn babies. They don't want to sleep through the night. Is there any way to alleviate that or make it better? Or what what can you do there? That seems like an unanswerable.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if we start at a baby's due date, the first three months or so, a baby sleeps the same way it did in utero. So as adults, we have that four stage sleep cycle, but Mm -hmm. for newborns, they only have a two stage sleep cycle. They dream first and then they grow. Um, And so, and they're used to the way that they slept in utero. So newborns actually are pretty portable sleepers. Um, They'll sleep while you're doing vacuuming. They'll sleep with noises. They'll sleep with lights on. but then around four months, what gets um, popularly called a sleep regression is actually this amazing sleep progress that happens. Um, and it's, it's when a baby two-stage sleep cycle and grows into the four-stage sleep cycle. Um, and it takes a lot of work and it's hard on a baby's brain. So usually months four to six are when parents are doing a lot of shushing and rocking and swaddling and really working to get a baby to fall asleep. Um, and so as that baby is learning that, then during the night they'll sleep through one sleep cycle, but they can't quite get themselves down for another sleep cycle. Um, so early in the night, they tend to, you can get kind of a three, four, five hour stretch The beginning of the night, and then they start waking up really regularly every hour or two as the night goes on. So for most babies, it's between months seven and nine when they're really ready to start learning how to fall asleep and stay asleep on their own. Some kids, some parents get lucky; it happens a little earlier, but on average, that's about when it happens.
0: It's interesting how that's a development skill of Mm -hmm. knowing how to fall asleep. What about teenagers? That seems like another odd time for sleeper. I remember being a teenager. And just being so tired the whole class day, and so I'd like immediately take a nap and sleep for like two and a half hours and then just be up till one in the morning and be tired the next day. Is that, I assume that wasn't just me, right?
1: Not at all. It is. It's a phenomenon that schools are now looking at having later start times for our teens. as kids enter into puberty, they get washes of hormones six to seven times a day. And those hormones, um, impede the work of the pineal gland, The pineal glands kind of in the center of the brain. It's about a third of an inch long and its job is to make melatonin. That's what makes us sleepy. Um, but, but the hormones of puberty, um, don't allow that to happen. And so it takes time for all those hormones during the day to so then our teenagers who aren't tired until 11, 12, one in the morning. Um, so for them, the best things we can be doing are you know, having those later start times for school, um, but also having them nap, even 20 minutes at the end of the school day can make a big difference to their
0: experience. Interesting. Yeah, you mentioned melatonin. Do you have any thoughts about it? Is it helpful? Is it not? What's your stance?
1: Uh, it is really great in small bursts. Um, and so it's what melatonin does is it helps us fall asleep. It's not going to keep you asleep. Um, and so if, if it's that problem of falling asleep, so especially if we're trying to um, realign a child's sleep timing, like maybe they aren't getting it. We need to be putting them down earlier. That can be really helpful, you know, for a week or so just to really kind of get their system regulated again. Um, there are some good studies also about specific forms of magnesium for adults. Um, mm-hmm. I, and, and so adults can do magnesium at night, um, chamomile tea, you know, lots of people t- talk about that. That's got some, um, compounds in it that can be really helpful in helping kids and adults as well. Um, and there is a subgroup within um, kiddos that have ADD and ADHD uh, that they are on melatonin um, all the time because their brain, the pineal gland just isn't making a sufficient amount for them. And so they take uh, melatonin nightly as part of their bedtime routine.
0: Yeah. some Sometimes it seems like if you take melatonin too much, it stops working after a week or so.
1: The, the concern is that if you use it too often, the body will stop making its own supply of it. Uh, so yeah.
0: It's like, I don't need to make it anymore. It's covered. What, exactly. what about uh, Z-Quil?
1: Oh, um, you know, everybody kind of has their favorite thing that helps them fall asleep. Um, I think that, you know, we know that either the over-the-counter or prescription sleep aids come with their own drawbacks um, or their own side effects. And so it, that's kind of a person-to-person choice around it. Um, generally speaking, you know, the more we can stay um, on, you know, things like the magnesium or the chamomile tea or some melatonin is, is probably better, but it's, it's nice to have those sleep aids when we need them for sure. And then another piece is looking at, you know, if you need to take something like that every night, let's look at what's going on in the daytime. Let's look at what your stressors are. And you can't always eliminate what's stressful, you change how you deal with the stress you get from those pieces. So looking at, you know, what are the habits? What are the rituals you do? How do you take breaks during the day that actually can make a really big effect on nighttime sleep? Um, And even things like uh, you know, oftentimes when we first get up in the morning, um, if you if you go outside first thing in the morning, within about 30 minutes of when you wake up and depending on how bright the sky is being outside anywhere from two to 10 minutes, that will actually kickstart your circadian rhythm. That's what starts your internal clock for the day. And so at daylight, not through windows, but actual daylight makes a huge difference um, by nighttime. And eliminating our screen time, our our eyes become more and more sensitive to light as the night and the day progress. And so sc- the effect of a screen at 9 a.m. is very different than the effect of it at 9 p.m.
0: really makes you think how we're all just animals from nature and the sun and things Absolutely. like Absolutely. Absolutely. Even our overhead lights. Bad? Yes. Like we yep. just think that's a little sun or something?
1: Well, it, during the day, again, during the day, no problem to have overhead lights that are on, but as you approach evening around sunset hours, you know, we wanna turn off our lights, start using lamps, start using um, lower light, floor lighting. Um, yeah, we wanna be signaling to our body that the day is, is coming to an end. Um, and then one other piece for adults, um, because the bath time being kind of overstimulating for little ones, but if we stand in a shower or take a bath or a sauna, um, kind of right bed and stay in it long enough until our body really heats up, um, that also accelerates the falling asleep process and can be really helpful.
0: Wow. Well, this has been super informative and, an interesting topic. Uh, do you have any closing ideas that you want to share with everyone?
1: oftentimes parents will worry that they're putting our kids too early uh you know you have a six or a seven or eight year old who's still going to bed at 6 30 or seven o'clock at night um, and and sometimes parents will say well I don't get to enjoy them as much um and I would remind parents there's quantity of time and then there's quality of time and what you know we want to really enjoy our child when they're at their best um, getting them enough sleep is is really, Um, the biggest part of of that experience for them. And then know your own kiddo, because you may have a child that once a week, they can absolutely stay up later than bedtime, you know, to together. So setting that solid routine allows you then to give permission for those fun activities together.
0: I think talking about weekends earlier, also, it's like the time when your child is asleep, you feel like you want to stay up till midnight, because that's when you can watch Game of Thrones or whatever.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, it's interesting. It's really vital that we all have that me time, um, you know, whether it's for self-care or soul care, however we want to be describing it or taking care of it. But doing it at the expense of our sleep actually doesn't set us up well for the next day to be our best selves. Um, And so really prioritizing our own downtime even when the kids are around. So if you um, are parenting with a partner, you know every other day, one person gets a chunk of, of those waking hours to themselves. Uh, so the kids see it too. We're good at helping our kids focus and relax and play hard and work hard, but we're not necessarily great at modeling that. And so saying that we matter too and taking time to do that for ourselves.
0: You're allowed to have a life outside of being a parent
1: exactly exactly
0: right on well thank you so much for being here
1: it was my pleasure thank you so very much for asking me
0: thank you emily i feel like this interview i really learned a lot i hope you did too this has been the parental compass presented by family education and support services we'll see you next week peace